Hey there, I know it's been a while, but I'm back and I've got some exciting news to share. Stick around till the end of the episode to find out what I'll be working on for the next year and a half. Now, let's dive right into it. You've probably heard of the butterfly effect. How when a butterfly moves its wings, it creates little ripples on the water that can turn into big waves. Well, that's what this story is about. My mom was a teacher and my dad was kind of a variety of things. When I was younger, he worked in construction, kind of. My grandpa had a business where, a construction business, so they built a lot of the homes in Pleasanton. That's Pleasanton, California, where Laura grew up. From a young age, she swam at a local club. Well, you know, it was a summer thing for me. So every summer we would just spend a lot of time in the water. And my first team was Amador Valley Athletic Club. It was a lot of fun. It was more social than anything. It was a fearful thing for me too. I did not like to race. I liked to swim, but I didn't like to dive off the blocks. Um, back then they used a starting gun that I, I really didn't like. The racing part was just, that was the biggest challenge for me. But the rest of it was just playing with friends and being in the water. I just remember just swimming and being in the water for hours and hours and hours, and you can pull me out of the water. And then coming home and laying on my towel outside and just passing out. You know, you get so tired from all of that sun and swimming. It, it, it's awesome. And it was something I did summer league, I think almost every year until high school. But in those early days, there was one part of the experience that Laura hated. So I must have been five years old. And they shot the gun, and I refused to go. I was crying. I was sobbing. And I remember my Auntie Susie at the other end of the pool and probably my mom screaming at me to just go, just go, just go. And eventually I did. And then I remember my Auntie Susie being at the end of the pool with the towel I'm sure I cried the entire way across the pool, just so afraid of that gun. Eventually, they stopped scaring kids like Laura with starter pistols at swim meets. She happily grew out of her fear of racing. And then all she wanted was to race. I remember watching the year-round team swim like through the fence, you know, the chain link fence. I remember watching them all the time. And asking my mom if I could swim year round. And she said, no, at that point, I think I was a freshman and she was a pretty much a single mom with two kids and she worked full time and she couldn't get me to practice. I think finances were a little bit of a struggle. Money was tight and Laura's mom felt like a single parent all because Laura's dad had a habit of disappearing. He would just disappear for two hours or two days or two weeks or two months or I think the longest time he was gone was about six months. That happened a lot in Laura's early teen years. That was 
Yeah, that was kind of a critical point in a young girl's life. Um, most dads at that point are there and well ideally you have a dad telling you that you're smart and you're beautiful and boosting your confidence I had a mom who did that but I never had I just didn't have a male father figure ever telling me like kind of boosting my self-esteem the main reason why Laura's dad wasn't around? He was a cocaine addict for 28 years. So before I was born, definitely smoked weed, drank a lot. Nobody in my family knew where he was. And we had to get to the point where, okay, he, he died. Somebody killed him or he, you know, overdosed somewhere and nobody found us to tell us. We had to think the worst. Laura spent a lot of time worrying about her dad, but she had to get on with her life. By the time she entered Amador Valley High School, she'd quite happily found a team to swim with beyond Summer Rec League. The swimsuit that I wore was kind of more of a fashion swimsuit. It was a one-piece, but it wasn't, it was not made for practice. It was made for going to the beach. I had my hair in a braid, but I didn't have a swim cap. Probably I had some not-so-great pair of goggles. She might not have looked the part, but her coach recognized some potential. He pulled me off to the side, and he told me to change one thing in my stroke, and I did that, and he worked with me a little bit that day, and then he said he wanted to move me up to varsity and to just give it a try, and um, that he wanted me to make it to any of the the Pleasanton Seahawks to go to any of those practices, and somehow I convinced my mom. Laura had finally achieved her dream of swimming for a year-round team, and with it, she found a much-needed distraction from her worries. It took my mind off of everything. So when I was swimming, I wasn't wondering where my dad was. I wasn't thinking about him at all. When you're in the water, at least for me, when I'm in the water, I am not thinking about life outside of the water. It's just what's there now. And I think that's the only time in my life where I am 100% present. Out of the water, she found friends in swimmers and non-swimmers alike. Laura says something about her identity as a swimmer, maybe it was the confidence she gained from her successes in the pool, but something helped her make friends in that treacherous social landscape of high school. So high school is one of those weird things where you have the cliques and I don't know, I had a very different experience. I wasn't always with this one group of friends that I was supposed to be part of. I would go sit with whoever I wanted to sit with at lunch. And I think that was, I don't know, swimmers are, we're just a weird group of people and we have fewer boundaries, I think, and we, when we all get together, you, you just really closely connect with people. And I became closest with people I swim with. And the same holds true today. Now she was getting on with her life. She'd gotten to a point where she wasn't constantly thinking about her missing father. And then... He called me after having disappeared for six months. And I called Laura 
from a bank of phones. She said, hello. I said, Laura, it's Dad. She goes, Dad? I said, yeah, it's me. It messed with my head a little bit, but I, I didn't want to get so emotionally invested in his recovery just to be hurt again. And she maybe hesitated a minute and said, I thought you were dead. I have practice tomorrow morning. You need to call me when you get clean and hung up on me. I've fallen down. And that's what did it. You know, that was, that was, I don't know if I needed more motivation and incentive, but, but I, I certainly had it after that. So, I, I like to say that's why, that's why it was a successful treatment episode. Having an addicted father had been tough. You know, a lot of bad stuff happens when drugs are involved. The six months, he was in Oakland the whole time. I I think he was in a variety of different places, you know, ranging from motels. I don't know if he ended up in jail at any point, but my guess is he probably spent at least a little bit of time there. I was with, you know, the worst of the worst. And so sometimes uh, I I was held at gunpoint three times. Um, Once it was a kidnapping, once it was a dirty cop. And another time it was somebody who thought I stole their drugs. Um, So that was dangerous. Imagine yourself in Laura's shoes. You're a 13-year-old girl. You haven't seen your dad in six months, and he calls out of the blue. What do you do? Laura chose to lay down some ground rules, that he needed to get clean before he called again. She did that, not knowing whether that would ever happen, whether she'd ever hear from him again. I had a really low self-esteem, which... I'm still recovering from that. I think that just takes a long time to build up. When you're 13, that's not, it definitely wasn't my most beautiful point in my life or my most confident point. So that was hard. My swim coach, so Steve Morsilli, the year round coach, ended up being a father figure for me. Whether he wanted to or not, that's just, that was his position. And swimming gave me that confidence. It built up my confidence enough to be able to say to my dad when he called and said, I'm, you know, I'm back, I'm going to rehab, you know, call me when you get out. That was a turning point for both of them. Tom had been to rehab before, but then he relapsed. He realizes now That was based on where he chose to live when he got out. This time, he was determined it would be different. After leaving his facility, a place called the camp, Tom moved into a sober living environment. His determination to turn his life around led him into the role of being the house manager. Eventually, he decided to go back to school and earned a degree in chemical dependency counseling. He'd made serious gains in his life but he still had to win back the trust of his daughter. 
I was nominated for Homecoming Princess my junior year. Everybody has their dad on the field. I was so scared that he wouldn't show up. I remember being so afraid that when I walked off the float that he wouldn't be there. But he did. He showed up, and it was really hard for him. But he did it. He keeps showing up, and it's been 23 or 24 years, and I, I think he has to keep showing up for me in order for him to f- keep doing this and stay sober. After all that time, their relationship finally feels solid. You know, it was baby steps. It was him making choices that were hard for him. You know, everything he did was really hard. What he accomplished is one of the hardest things, I think, for anybody to do, is to overcome this addiction to cocaine. And so I was able to start going to swim meets. And I think the first one I went to was out there where she is now. And then I, she made it to the Nationals in College Station, Texas. And my mother and I went to, to see her in, in the Nationals. And at some point around there, I think, uh, I think I realized how strong she is and how how strong she was and how proud I was. I mean, um, as a parent, I got to a place where I was so proud. I was felt like I was levitating seeing uh, my daughter swim and be pretty successful at the, at the nationals. Laura swam competitively in college. When she graduated, she thought her swimming career was over. But 18 years later, she turned to swimming to deal with a new life challenge. So I don't think that I realized everything that swimming did for my mental health until I was this age, 36, 37, 38 years old. You know, life happened, got married, had kids, and started going through something really emotionally difficult for me. And I, my self-confidence was at an all-time low. Like I, it's, I can't believe that I'm saying that, but it was lower than it was when my dad was gone. The reason that I got back into swimming, I didn't even realize what I was needing. I think it was somewhere just buried deep down that swimming would help me through like it did before. Laura decided to join a local master's team. I don't even know how I made it on the deck that day, but I remember it just being shaky and I was so nervous. And, you know, I guess in the back of my mind, I knew there would be people there who had the same experience with swimming as me. And they would be kind and open and just accepting, like, of no, no matter what I looked like, what I felt like, if what I said, I knew there would be at least a couple people who I could get in with. I only joined Walnut Creek Masters at the end of 2016, and I've met some of my closest friends. 
it's just amazing how when you spend that type of time together with people the the bonding that happens is it's pretty intense and pretty quick laura has seen a lot of success in the water she makes friends fast and then regrets having to leave them behind when she moves up to a faster lane in 2018 she had five top 10 finishes at short course nationals and was in the top 10 for the season in four of those events. For that fifth one, 11th. Both her father and her mother can see the positive effect swimming has had on Laura. And they've seen this transformation. They, they both, every time they see me, they comment on how happy I seem and how my confidence is growing back and I'm healthier both mentally and physically. And I, I think they just recognize this part of me that was gone for a while. And it's come back because I am back in the water. And I, that's where it, that's exactly where I needed to be, you know, with when my life got really confusing and complicated. I, I can't imagine, um, what it's like to be her being a mother of two young children, a wife, take care of a house, a stressful job. And she won't miss a day in the pool. And she's got to be feeling so confident, so competent, uh, on top of the world. Um, it's just the happiest place. It's like Disneyland for me. It's just a huge part of who I am. And I don't ever want to let that go. I'm kind of afraid what would happen if I couldn't swim. The butterfly effect. Small ripples, big waves. Laura's latest achievement is meeting the qualifying times for the Contra Costa County Meet. That's actually a local summer rec meet, but Contra Costa is recognized as the most competitive summer league area in the country. Laura has met the qualifying times in the 100 IM and all four strokes for 15 to 18 year olds. I promise you those times are nothing to sneeze at. So while she can't actually swim in that meet, it's a pretty big deal. In fact, Rec swimming here in Contra Costa is such a big deal that I'm making a film about it over the next year and a half. I hope to produce podcast episodes featuring many of the 56 teams in our county in advance of that film. You can follow my progress on the Flip Turns website and by joining my newsletter. You can also follow me on Instagram at Flip Turns Podcast. Finally, I want to give a shout out to Caroline Leland. Her writing makes the narration of these podcasts so much better. I really appreciate her help. Thanks for listening. And if you know some folks who love swimming or inspiring stories of people overcoming difficult challenges, please tell them about this podcast. Bye-bye.